Welcome, everybody, to the Zebulon Thomas podcast. This is episode nine. I'm so excited to be on here today because, first of all, it's Tuesday. And maybe you're not as thrilled as for Tuesday as I am, but, you know, Tuesday for me is, <clears throat> is the time of the week where I feel like we're really evaluating where we're going this week. I mean, Monday was the starting point. You know, we really launched everything into motion. And, um, and then Tuesday's like, okay, we're doing very well. We're already maybe ahead of the game for this, for t- for this week for me at least. I'm definitely ahead of the game, so I'm excited about that. And um, and it's really just exciting because you know this is a part in the week where you can make a shift and say we're gonna we're gonna go after these bigger deals or we're gonna follow through with this. We're gonna do customer appreciation or employee appreciation. Um, you know, whatever the case may be, whether whatever your business is, but for me at least, it's working with the people that I get to work with. You know, my clients, my team members, uh, my coaches, the people who coach me, my mentors, <clears throat> and and so it's like, okay, Tuesday started off really, really good already because I'm in my zone, I'm focused, I got my laptop open, you know. I'm just I'm just ready to go, you know, and and uh, the day has not even really truly begun yet, but um, so I wanted to put this podcast together real quick, a little different timing for me, so that I can get out there and start to deliver what I want to do today, and also to encourage you to say, you know what, if I'm going to put one foot into my business today, it's going to be a foot in the direction for super success, super focus, you know, laser focused. And, um, and I'm going to tackle every goal. So yesterday I went on this incredible walk in the afternoon and kind of got focused, uh, on a, on a different, uh, perspective. I was, I was more focused on, you know, one, obviously gratitude. I talk about that a lot in the podcast, but it was a different, um, shift in gratitude. It was, it was quiet. So instead of me, you know, chanting my mantras hardcore while I do my walk and my power walk, it was more of, of let me observe nature. Let me focus on where I'm at in this time and place on this planet, in this in history, in my life, and uh, and give gratitude to all the things that I have. And and so doing that grounded me to a point where you know today I'm really I really am super focused on getting things done today. And I can tell you this, I would say, I would say if you are so focused on the most important goals for today, not all the little micro stuff, that's, you're going to micromanage, you know, a lot of your business and, um, and your to-dos today constantly, but tackle some of these big goals and start with one big goal. Say, you know, which one of these goals on your list of, of things to do this week can be achieved today? And, um, and if you have a bunch of big goals set for the day, which one of these big goals can you commit to and say, I'm going to dominate on this and knock it out of the way? Because I have a major project on the line that is due in just a couple of days. And to give you an example, <clears throat> it's a video production and it's, it's a big one. Uh, so it's two hours of footage that has to be cut down into two minutes. That's a pretty heavy commercial for me, but it's the, you know, it's that time again, it's that time of year. And, um, these are the productions I get into right around this time of year. So I'm used to it, but instead of, instead of getting ahead of this, uh, I've been, I had to push it back because of other projects, but today I have a lot of confidence that I'm going to get this whole production done 
instead of taking three or four days on it, I'm going to be able to get it done. Because last night I prepped this production for success. I got a lot of the heavy work out of the way. And that is organizing all the footage, getting everything together on the timeline so that I can you know, throw the music in and start to work on this production and start to tell the story and build the brand confidence, tell the story of the brand, and put the call to actions in there. And so I'm really confident that today I'm going to be able to do it, but not just deliver on this and spend the whole day editing it. I'm really trying to figure out ways to micromanage this part of my business so that I can spend less time and still deliver a quality, high quality product and um, production, I should say. And here's what I'm thinking about. Okay, listen, what is it in your business or your job or your daily routines that that you've been doing for a long time, but you know, man, you know, if I think about it, I might dread it. You know, I'm passionate about video production. So, you know, I'm excited about the creative process through and through. So filming, you know, out in the field, filming it and then coming home and then, you know, going to the office and working on, the, you know, all the little things like editing, color grading, sound design, you know, all that stuff if you're into that. Um, but, you know, listen, it's content creating. And to, in today's world, video is 98% most effective, you know, outlet you can push. So, um, you're probably dealing with video if you are pushing your, your company, unless you have someone doing that for you. But, but listen, so these are things that I'm excited about, but they also make me, um, overwhelmed and they take a lot of time. So I started looking for ways that can cut down on that. So I'm going to give you some of the ideas that I've, or strategies, I should say, that that I found to cut down on my workload that maybe might inspire you to start thinking of, of what you're doing and what you can cut down. Even if it's something around the office that you do, maybe writing up reports take you so long. So is there a way to get around that to shorten it? I can tell you this. For the longest time, I said there's no way to shorten this workload. It's already short enough. But then I started looking at it differently, and I'm like, oh, I can. Okay, and I'm going to get into those ways because this is going to open up the door to exactly what we've been talking about in this podcast this month, and that is you know, creating those online streams of income. And I'm going to lead this into that because it's going to be a perfect transition. So um, here's what I found. Because I've been doing videos for so long, I now shoot only what I need. So what I mean by that is when I used to go in the field, I'd pull out my camera, I'd get focused on what I'm doing, and I would just film everything because I was afraid of messing up. I was afraid of missing something or missing the shot and or having the con- you know not having the confidence in that one shot or two shots I got. So I take like six or seven shots. Let me take a drink of my water real quick before I start coughing on this mic. Listen, <clears throat> so the confidence wasn't there. And... Um, but over the years, been doing this for a long time, since 2012. <clears throat> and what what has happened is, you know, the f- first three years, I, I stayed in this routine of filming everything. And now I trust in my shots. Now I'm not saying that that, that can leave room for error because maybe, maybe there's something in the shot I didn't get to see. But the one thing I do is I still review my footage, though. Um Eventually, I'll get to the point where I actually don't. And I actually don't do all the footage, but for those key opening shots that I need to get, I'll go back after I shoot it and I'll look at it on the camera and just make sure I got it. Um, I once met a photographer said that, you know, a good photographer takes his shot, uh, his or her shot, uh, and moves on and, um, and doesn't look at the camera. 
And I thought that was interesting because it's like, well, you know, are you going to get shots that you don't like? Or is it because you've practiced so much, you know? And, and, and I didn't have an answer to that because I, you know, obviously I didn't ask it, but I, th- I think it's because you use your gear so much, you know, your software, you know, your shot, you know, your environments, you've done it so much that you don't need to look at that because you know, you got it. Meaning you've analyzed the scene enough when you're getting ready to film or take that photo before you take that photo, before you push that button. And, uh, and so, you know, everything's good. And as long as you have the focus, the ISO, the shutter speed, the aperture, everything's set up, you know, all of that. And you go to take that shot, it's going to come out the way you want it to. <clears throat> so to cut back on my time, I've realized that when I'm out in the field, by only shooting the scenes that I need to get and not extra stuff, nothing extra, just the things that I need for the timeline to make this work, what I will do is even though the scene, um, it, it, this scene is the only one I need, I only need, need to take one take, I might extend that scene though. So I might overshoot that scene and uh, keep that, keep holding on that frame a little bit longer. Um, so what I'm not getting is several so- shots of the same scene, but I'm getting a, a little bit longer of the same scene. Uh, so I can play with that before and after a little bit more. Um, if you're doing editing and video, you'll know what I'm talking about, <clears throat> giving you that little bit of front and a little bit of back end to trim. So what that has done is cut back on my editing workload because when I come back and I dump all the data into the computer, instead of having, you know, a hundred video clips, you know, or four hours, okay, of footage, I now only have, you know, if it's a commercial, I only have, you know, a minute because it's a 60 second. Or if it's a 60 second, I only have, I only, or if it's a 30, I only have 60 seconds of footage because it's only a 30 second. Um, so that right there saves me a whole bunch of time. The other thing I learned early on in my career, and you know, if you're working with a camera, and maybe you're a podcaster, a live stream, you know, you live streams or you shoot your videos or whatever it may be for YouTube, okay? This is going to be a big one for you. If you're using a Canon, I prefer Canon, but you can use anything, you know, Nikon, Sony. <clears throat> um I learned early on in my career, a good friend of mine, Devin Graham, Devin Supertramp, uh, is a guy who inspired me to get on YouTube. And then I got to meet meet him and uh, ask him a bunch of questions. And then we later on, we developed this friendship and I did an interview with him on the radio, yada, yada, yada. But I bring that up because I, have a, I had a lot of talks with him and, and got a lot of insight on early on to to get my career going because I was like, okay, everyone's doing this. Well now, okay. Then it seemed like everyone was doing it. Now everybody's doing it. Um, I was still definitely ahead of the game there, but he had showed me these things that I need to get going in the right direction. So I feel like I had a pro level upgrade because he was already doing it. He already had millions of followers and um, he was already making a living on this, uh, on the YouTube platform. So, you know, I went right for the gusto. I said, Hey, you know, what camera do I need? What lens do I need? What do you recommend? Editing software. Um, and then when I met him uh, and filmed uh, on a shoot, it was very exciting because I saw everyone doing the, the same thing he was doing and they were all filming and I was filming. But instead of filming, I put the camera down a few times to observe how he was getting his shots. And I asked him, what's the number one tip you can give me today on this shot? It's sunny out. It's an action-packed suit, shoot. Um, you know, the sound has to be perfect, you know, uh, you know, what do you recommend? And he said, 
get your footage right in camera so you have less to do in editing. <clears throat> and um, and so I was like, okay, so how do I do that? And so what he did is he showed me his Canon camera. He was working with a Canon 1DX. I think it was just a 1DX. And he showed me his settings. Now, these settings are public obviously now, but you know, three years prior, I had these settings and I felt like so on top of the world because I had Devin Graham's in-camera settings and the only people that had those settings were him and the three, four other people in his circle that I know of. So it was cool because, you know, he had he hadn't made this public yet and then he caught on and started, you know, helping people with this same thing. So I was just excited that I had my cameras dialed in. It's kind of like, hey guys, I got my Canon dialed into you. Um, so my Canon camera settings were, you know, the saturation was bumped up, you know, the sharpness bumped all the way down. The contrast was, um, I think that one was left alone. It's been a while since I looked at those settings because they're set. <clears throat> but so what that did is by setting your your photo profile um, perfectly in camera to where it needs to be. Then when I throw it in. To my editing software because the videos that I started out doing I didn't have time to spend long edits they had to go up um, because I started working with brands and brands wanted that that footage that content right away um, and so to make it easier plus I had a really crummy computer back in the day it took forever to render something oh my goodness I just want to take a moment and be so grateful for my new computers now because they can render you know hour-long footage in less than five minutes so, and if it's like a 30 second ad, I, I, I click the mouse and, and it's done. So, but back in the day, even, even a two, three minute video would take like 12 hours. Let me just show you that. That's how bad that computer was. Um, but yeah, so in editing, you can't, um, with the colors dialed in, you don't have to color grade and you can't do that if you're trying to get fast video out. So, um, the colors are pretty much already there. They're pop. They look beautiful. And as long as you got your ISO and shutter speed right, then there's not much to do besides just cut it to the music. So I know that was a little bit long, but that's how I found a way to shortcut that part of my business is early on in the field. If I make these small changes in my camera and shooting only when I need, then my workload on the back end is going to be a lot less. Now, when we get into the work end uh, the workload on the back end, how do I make that shorter? So I recently discovered this particular editing deck that plugs into my Mac and um, it's knobs and wheels and wheels and, and editing things and it just there's no you know real buttons besides like no letter buttons, it's just knobs. It looks like a you know something you'd see in an airplane. Um, really excited about it. I think I'm gonna go ahead and get that because I've been watching some people use it and they said it cuts your workload in half. So that's one way I could do it is, you know, you know, and think about this for yourself. That's, you know, can you bring in some software, some other equipment to improve the speed of your work um, and, and, and cut it down? And the other way I found to eliminate this is to one, not really overthink my productions. And Sometimes I want to get super, super creative when I'm editing, and so that might take hours because I'm like, I want this to be perfect. Now, that doesn't say I'm going to cut back on perfection and, and lose quality of the production. No, I mean, there's, there's a baseline that I've developed that the quality of the video will hit this particular standard at all times, and it won't go below that. That's just my business model. Those are my standards. Um, 
but I always far exceed those. But I do know that if I were to be in a rush or a time crunch and have to get something out, I know that it won't be rushed, even though I'm rushed, it won't be rushed, it won't look rushed, and the quality of the content will still be delivered if I if I still do the baseline. So it's going to be amazing, it's going to look great because all that effort's still there. I just won't have time to really put my creative twist on things. So when a video, let's just say there was a scene where someone was jumping through the air, right? And, and the product logo is supposed to show. So instead of that person jumping through the air and me saying, hey, this would look cool if I super slow-moded right there and then flashed in the logo and animated the logo, instead of doing that extra little bit, it might just be the person jumps in the air and the logo fades right on the screen. Still looks professional, still looks great. It's just not over the top. Now, nine times out of ten, I'm always going over the top because I want to be different. I'm known for being different, and a lot of people won't take that extra time or go the extra mile to make their videos look like that, so I will. Um, but again, if it's something that has to meet a deadline, then it has to come out. But for my workload, you know, that is something I starting, I'm starting to decide based on the project at hand. So now I'm looking at, is this particular project, um, is it going to lose value? Is it going to gain value if I take away or add this? So if I add this, is it make anything different happen to the end result? Does it make the product uh, production look even better? Does it grab the viewer and make them want to spend money? Does it make the viewer want to come in? Does it make the viewer want to really commit to that call to action? If I take it away, is the call to action still as strong? And so these are some of the things I'm, I'm thinking about. So like in your business, I don't know what that is right now. Um, but is there, you know, if you were to do something different and shorten your time on that, does that change the outcome in a dramatic way? Does that change the outcome to a point where it doesn't add as much value? Because um, here's the thing, you know, what might look really cool to you or might sound like, say, you're writing something, might might sound something uh, when someone reads it might feel that way to a particular viewer or reader. Um, is it is it received across the board the same way? So I guess you got to weigh out those odds. But again, I want you guys to start to figure out ways to, one, push harder, and two, really cut back that workload. Because, listen, you can pile a lot of stuff onto your plate and be successful at it and make some money. But you don't want to be stuck behind that workload. You don't want to be stuck behind all that equipment and gear. That's one of the reasons why I love Anchor. Uh, you'll hear me talk a lot about Anchor on here because, you know, there's a lot of podcast platforms. I, I, I just didn't want all of the podcast set up uh, in my office. I mean, it, yeah, it's exciting and it's nice, but one, I didn't want to, I didn't want to really commit to having all of that technology in my office when I'm not trying to spend that much time doing this. I want to be able to give you guys the value and move on and give you quality at the same time. So, you know, for me to be able to plug in a professional microphone, which that is even over the top for the Anchor app because technically you could just use your phone, but it's diverse. And at least when I'm in the office, I can plug in my microphone into the, uh, you know, my, my phone, use the Anchor app. And when I'm done, publish it to you guys and be, and be on my way. If I'm on the go, like you heard a couple episodes ago, I was at the park and I was so inspired and I was like, okay, I don't have a mic, but I can still do my podcast. Also, the editing is zero. I don't want to make more work for myself. 
because I want to add value, but I don't want to exchange that value. Um, uh, I don't, I don't want to waste time on this, what I'm saying. So I'm no longer in the process of, of exchanging time for money. I'm exchanging value for money. And that's where I'm at. And I want to help you guys get there. And I want to help you guys get there with online streams of income. And that's what, that's what the baseline of my podcast is about. Entrepreneurship, helping you grow. So as I find new outlets, I'm going to share them with you. And I'm going to show you how to dominate on those outlets. Listen, one outlet might not be good for you. But the other one might be one that you can accelerate your process so fast and so efficiently that you'll be blown away. And you'll be like, wow, I did it. I actually made an extra stream of income and it's very, very rewarding. So with that being said, um, cutting back your workload is so, so important to do. So what are you going to do to figure out how to do that? For instance, there's a lady that I met online today, which, you know, I'm sorry, not to, uh, it was, it was yesterday. <clears throat> I'm actually reviewing some of the comments right now on my Facebook, in the Facebook group chat, um, it's just incredible the, the support I have in this particular group. And uh, so I had asked a question yesterday about a particular platform that I'm getting ready to commit to, which I'm excited about, guys, because if you've been if you're subscribed to the mailing list, which I would recommend going right now if you want more tools for your business and you want to move forward with this and get this online stream income, in which why wouldn't you? I know you're thinking, oh my gosh, I could so use some extra money, or I would love to jump from this job into something that I can actually enjoy and have this financial abundance and this freedom to do whatever I want in the world. Why not? Okay, so listen, I'm not going to spam you. So there's no worries here. Head on over to zebulonthomas.com and click anywhere that says join the mailing list. Okay, preferably there's one right in the front banner and it just says don't miss out or you can go to grow your business and that takes you right to it. But sign up to that mailing list because listen, I'm starting to revamp this website and you're going to watch this process if you follow me and it's going to help you and I know it's going to make you want to do this as well. So my website currently uh, is hosted by, I won't say who, but it's hosted and um, I'm not really happy with it because it lacks a lot of features that I know how to do, but yet I'm using a template. Um, For instance, I know how to build websites, so I want to really do exciting stuff here, but their particular platform unless i it's one of those things where you got to pay to open those features but if i'm going to pay to open those features i want a solid secure site and on my site currently as it sits and i'm going to bring this up because i think it's important and i'm very transparent with you guys first of all i don't i don't uh take any personal information from you through my website whatsoever besides an email which to me is not that personal but the good news is the email comes from MailChimp, which is secure. So you can submit your information through MailChimp. That's why I would recommend going to you know, the banner This is Don't Miss Out or going to the Grow Your Business because that takes you off my website onto the uh, MailChimp server, which is secure. And, and just to clarify that, um, when you go to the link, you'll see a lock at the top of the left uh, address bar. But when you go to my website, it says not secure. Now that made me upset when I figured this out because I was seeing this and I was like, my site has to be secure regardless if I'm taking information from you. So 
Um, I just, it's always been secure before and they took that, took that feature away and they made you pay for it. So again, I'm switching my site over to a beautiful platform that has so many incredible features and it's secure. Um, I also want to bring this up. I do sell products on my website, but if you'll notice when you click on the product, you, you're taken away from my site. I've set my site up. So it always takes you away to a secure encrypted, uh, landing page. Uh, for instance, I use FastSpring for my products. So you can buy the product through a FastSpring merchant account, which is very, very secure. So that's exciting too. But again, I won't accept credit cards or any information like that on my website because it is currently not secure. Um, but that's changing very fast. At the time of this recording, it is not secure, but I'm sure by the time you listen to this in the future, it will be, okay, because I'm working very fast on this. Um, but these are things that are important. So again, I got off a little track here, but I wanted to point that out. Sign up for the mailing list for some important information because this site is, is going to be a whole new game changer for myself, and it's going to be a game changer for you because I'm going to show you what I'm doing and how I'm doing it so definitely get involved. Um, so this this website, I had this question about in the Facebook group. And a lot of people came to my aid to help me make this decision. Even though I had the decision already made, I knew the value was there. But I had some key questions. And everybody put their information in, and it was so helpful. This one particular lady, she is a um, health coach and nutrition coach, I should say, a variety of, of just health and wellness. And, uh, you know, she was saying how she was having some issues on the platform herself, but she's working through those things. Um, but I tell you what, when I clicked on her Facebook profile page, it took, I took to her page, her video banner was off the hook. I was like, wow, you know, here is someone who the video banner made me want to do a video banner. See, that's that's the exciting thing. When when someone looks at your content, you want them to get excited and be like, I, I want that. Um, it's hard to be the person ahead. Now, for me in my field, my profession, I always have to be ahead. I always have to set the trends because the moment someone comes to me and says they want to recreate that, that's when I say, no, we're going to do something different. That's just how I operate. It's how I work. I don't like to follow at all. I try my best to be in the lead, and that does not me puffing my chest up. It just means I'm I'm testing my strengths of creativity and how far I can push myself to break the molds constantly and and create something new that maybe just maybe someone will look at my videos and point in my direction and tell someone I want that video, you know, which has worked several times in the past, and it's humbling. Um, but I do it because I just want to be different for myself and for my clientele. Um, so when I saw her Facebook banner, I was immediately like, wow, this is a very professional video. Then I went on to the, uh, you know, analyzing the video. Wow. The sound sounded amazing. I love that. Okay. The lighting was on point, man. I like how the color grading was. They took the time to actually color grade this, you know, banner, this video, and now I don't know if she had a professional team on it or not, but I want to give her the benefit of the doubt and say that she did it. And uh, and so I, I wrote her. I said, wow, your Facebook banner is on point. I love it, yada, yada, yada. I gave her a boost, and that was sincerely me speaking out and saying how excited I was about it. Uh, obviously, I gained a friend, um, but on top of that, I boosted her confidence because I said maybe some of the struggles you're experiencing on the site is not so much a technical issue or a following issue. Maybe it's just 
you know, maybe you're burned out. Maybe you need to push a little harder and stop making them once and make them musts. So maybe she wants to succeed on this particular platform and hit these particular numbers, but once just like wishful thinking, I must hit those goals. I must reach this success. Uh, and when you do that, you're staying up late. You're not going to bed until the work is done. And even when it's done, you're still up. There's times where I'm up five, six in the morning because I can't go to sleep with, with these ideas not written down or, or not, you know, at this stage in my, in my career or in my life, it's, I don't want to just write them down anymore. I'm going to take action because why wait? Take your ideas and run with them. Do something with it. And you'd be amazed how fast that turns around. You know how many people I used to hear come up to me and say, oh, I'm writing a book. Honestly, uh, a lot of people. And then when I started to write my book, people would say, oh, yeah, 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 I'm writing a book. You know, give it some time. You know, you know, take your time with it. Listen, I've been writing my book for years one guy, seven years writing his book. And I'm thinking to myself, I really don't think your book needed to be seven years long. I think you're just procrastinating. I don't think you're delivering on it. You have these great ideas. What you're doing is talking a good game. Or maybe, the, you know, you fall, and I'm not trying to say this as an insult to anybody if you've got a book that you haven't published. Maybe you just enjoy talking about the fact that you're going to write a book. And that's exciting. I'm going to write a book. Just like I'm going to create a program. That is so exciting. I'm not going to lie. But nothing is, ex is as exciting as making that first step. That scary first step towards writing that first line. Setting the chapter. Um, recording the first note. Or maybe even writing that first audio program and sitting down saying, Okay, I got the mic. I invested in the microphone. I got all the stuff ready. I'm looking at this microphone. I know what I need to say, but I'm afraid to say it. You freeze up. So don't wait to write a book. So because of that, hearing all these people uh, tell me how long they've been writing a book, <clears throat> I got hungry. And I said, okay, all right, I'm going to create an audio program. Now listen, 2007, I created my first audio coaching program. There was nobody leading this field for me. There was nobody telling me how to launch this. You know, you know, these days we're doing product course, you know, training course launches and product launches and, you know, we're gearing up and we're doing the live webinars and, and it's exciting and, and, and there's success there. But I've been doing this since 2007 before this was even a thing where people would show me the way. And I wish I'm saying this because I wish I had some, I had these people then because I've had these people then my profits wouldn't have been, you know, a 35% profit gain. It would have been 198% or a thousand percent gain in, in that launch day. I did pretty well for myself though, but man. What I'm saying is you have all these incredible coaches and people out there that are teaching you how to do this stuff. Take advantage of it. And while you're on this podcast listening to me, I might be your closest link. In fact, I am because you're listening to me. So I would say, why not head over to my website? I'm going to plug it again, zebulinthomas.com, and sign up for my mailing list and start to receive some of my content so you can start to create this course or these streams of income or this platform and you can start getting out of the root. 
Okay, getting out of the getting out of the funk, writing the book. So, anyways, listen. I wrote my first audio coaching program. Seven hours of audio, seven day. It was a CD. Listen, back then, two thousand seven, it was. I didn't really have the ability to do digital content. So I said, I'm gonna do the only thing I know how to do in that is I'm gonna find somebody that can press up my albums, my CDs. So <clears throat> I recorded the audio, mastered the audio, mixed it down, put it into categories like you know day one through seven, chunked out the hours. I knew what, I figured it out. I figured you know hey the CD only holds 74 minutes or 80. Some of the CDs were like 83, I think 82 minutes. Correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, so I knew I couldn't go over that. So I had these tracks. Day one had to be broken into two CDs. Day one part one. Day one part two. <laughs> okay. And I took it to a local distributor. They pressed it up, inked the CD. I went through the whole process. It was so exciting. You know, I did my Photoshop, my cover art. You know, had had to figure out, hey, this is seven CDs. Do we have a try book, a book with like CD holders in it? Like, is that possible? Did they make that? And they said, yes, we do. And so there was a little bit more money, but I made it. Boom. And and then I and then I had this audio program. It showed up in my hands. I was like, I did it. I have my audio coaching program and it's packed with the tools that have changed my life. It's amazing. And I won't get into details of creating the program. We'll save that for another podcast. But man, the creative process was amazing. So here's what I did. Then I geared up for three months promoting it, pushing it, telling people about it. Guess what? Product launch day is coming. And boom, I did a 24-hour launch day, sold these things, sold out of my little, I only had a few on hand, like 25 on hand. Instead of selling for 199 on product release day, if you bought within the first four, I think it was four hours, you got them for 49.99, uh, And that was free shipping right? What that meant is I prayed that you were locally and I would drive to your house. <laughs> okay. That's how it was. Um, and so I had this launch day and sold out. So the, the first 20 were gone the first, like, I don't know, half an hour. And so I just, I said, all right, this is a good problem to have. Just keep selling them. Um, as I was selling them, it was in that moment that I was like, I have to figure this out because my distributors take too long to make these up because they're local and they're not going to just press these up. It's a big product uh, product pack. You know, it'd be different if it was just one CD, but there's seven of these CDs, and they have to burn these things and then print them and ink them and package them, and it's a lot of work. And I told them I'd come behind the counter and help them do that, you know, gladly. Uh, so I sold out, and I said I can't I can't take a full week uh, and get these out to these people. It has to have to be out within like four or five days. So I had a pretty big problem on my hands so what i did is i started right then i had a need to find a way to make this digital and what that was is i started looking around at digital options how do i take in my cds and and convert them or put them online and sell them in a digital format and i figured it out and so what i did is i sent an email and say hey we ran out of the physical copies we have this awesome digital version that you know if you and back then you had to put like these meta tags and all this this other like Java code in, in this little folder. And then you would go and put it in your iTunes at the time or, you know, upload it to your MP3 players. And, uh, and so luckily everybody wrote back and said, I would love a digital product, you know? And, um, and so they did they, uh, the same price. They got the digital product. It was amazing. And I, I pulled it off, but back to the book. So once I had the success with the audio coaching problem, I said, let's write a book. So then I wrote my first book. Now I'm not going to lie. 
The first book took me seven months. Seven months I wrote this book, but it was my very first book. I I didn't have like things like Grammarly, okay? Uh, and I really, I'm not good at spelling and I'm not good at grammar. So I'm just going to put that out there. But I wrote a book. And the first couple copies, yes, they had uh, they had some errors in it. But my friends would call me or text me and say, hey, page 20, you spelled this completely wrong. I don't know what you were thinking. <laughs> okay, so I went back and fixed it because I had print on demand. Again, we'll talk about that more later in another podcast about how, how I found the right publishing. Um, but I self-published my book, print on demand, meaning I could log in, shut, take the take the click a button and take it offline, say it's unavailable, fix that, re-upload it. They send me a proof, a digital proof. I approve it, and then within 24 hours, it's back online with the fixed print. So any print you order after then um, had a different number in the front page, like version like 1.6. I think it was up to like 1,007 because I had so many typos, um, and we fixed it. Um, so I, I chalk it up like this. If you own one of my very first books and you have a misprint, I would say a misspelling in, inside the book, um, maybe it'll be worth some money someday. Get your money back. <laughs> okay. Um, so I did that. But then I didn't just go on and write one book. I started thinking about those people that used to tell me how I'm writing a book. And I ran into one after I had this program and this this book written. And they said, hey, do you ever write that book? I said, yeah, look, at, I got one in my car. Check it out. Give them a book. Here's my copy. Check it out, man. And they go, oh, yeah, yeah, I'm still writing my book. And I'm like, this is crazy. This is crazy. Are you ever going to just write the book, man? Oh, yeah, yeah. You know what? Holding your book is inspiring me to actually turn on the computer actually no i'm sorry he didn't say turn on the computer he said get out my notebook and start writing my book and right then i was like oh my gosh just get out word and write the book okay because if you write it on paper then you got to rewrite it and just no okay so just start writing or just start screaming into a microphone um and so i i left that day uh, meeting this gentleman going, wow, this still didn't write a book. And I said, I'm going to write another book, but this one's going to be different. And I was, I was thinking to myself, I want to write something fun. I love sci-fi. Let me write a sci-fi novel. And so I did. I wrote a sci-fi novel in 30 days. It was the, the most exciting 30 days I ever had, I guess, writing a book. I say program. I mean, um, it was hard on my body because all I did was sit but I'd get up, stir around, storyboard, write things, and, and then put it into a book. And so 173,000 um, – no, uh, what was it? 173 – no, that's not right. That's not right. Let me, let me back that up. I'm thinking of page numbers. Um, it was 75,000 words. Correct me if I'm wrong here. And um, like 110 pages or something like that. Um, I wish I had it in front of me. I could just tell you the right number. I'm throwing all these numbers out to you. Um, anyways, yes, 70, 72, 73,000 words, and uh, I did it in 30 days from start to finish. That means day one, started writing the book, and I would do a chapter a day. Um, there's only, I think, I want to say there's like 20 chapters in this book. And so, anyways, I wrote this, and I was able to get it done uploaded, published, and a copy sent to me within 30 days. I was so excited. It was the fastest book I wrote. And yes, there were some typos. We fixed it. We fixed it. Um, but I was so inspired by that is after I wrote the book and I started selling it, it was selling really good and it inspired me to say, 
let's make let's make chapter like book two, you know, chapter two in the series. And so I wrote book two. And book two, I took three months on because I didn't want to overdo myself. But I took three months on book two. And uh, I had another way of writing, which was so exciting. So all I'm saying is if you have a book that you're wanting to publish, write the book. Okay, if it's an audio program, start the audio program. If it's a training course, do the training course. If you want to create a YouTube channel, get a camera, turn it on, use your phone and start talking to the world. Okay, don't get caught up in the views, the numbers, the publishers, how it sounds, the quality of it at first. You'll perfect that over time. But sometimes you just need to jump into it and do it. Now, if you're a perfectionist like me, that's going to be tough because you want to make it as good as, as you can as, as with the most value. But I will say this. You can perfect this over time if you allow yourself to just freely go with it. If a platform is working, use it. You can create your own website later. But right now, you just need an outlet to create a transaction to give the value to these people that you're trying to reach, your target market. And we talk about that in my live streams and in my newsletter. So think about creating an online stream of income. Think about what it is that you can grow. If you have a current online stream of income, think about the ways to make your time more effective so you're not spending all day doing it and adding massive value so you don't put out junk like there's a lot of people that just put out stuff with no real value and they're just, I don't know what they're thinking, but you know, it's time that we start to put some stuff together, put some passion behind it, some energy into it, work hard and reap the benefits benefits later. I'm not saying you're going to be able to start an online course right now and it's going to be super easy. You're probably going to work more now with this online course or this online stream of income, you're going to be dedicated to that more than you would a nine to five. But I'm promising you this, the rewards are so much more. There's so much more value to what you'll gain out of this. The, the abundance in so many areas of your life are going to be incredibly highlighted. And you're going to see that right off the bat. Um, and, and think about it. When you work for yourself, yes, you have a lot of responsibility. But man, you can really make changes in your business any direction you want to go. If something's not working, you can stop doing that, course correct, and do something different. There's nothing wrong with that. And so I want to encourage, excuse me, I want to encourage you guys today. Again, you're stepping into this job. Hopefully you're you're in your morning commute. You're already here now and you're just trying to say, hurry up with this podcast. I got to go to work. Um, think about it. What are you going to do today? That's going to change the course of this week. It is Tuesday. What can you do differently to make your life better? Make your routines easier? Make your value more valuable? Does that make sense? Right? Make your value more valuable? Okay. How can you be more productive but yet not spend a lot of time on the productive process? Something to think about. I want you to look at your life and things in a completely different way. Just because someone says they can't do it or it can't be done, guess what? It's time to break that whole structure, rip it down and recreate it and say, look, it's been done. Or if someone says there's no way, say, oh, there is a way. I want you to challenge yourself to do that. Sometimes the most challenging thing we can do is simply just turn our focus to something when we're not ready to focus on it. You know, that effort to say, I'm going to push through this even if I don't want to. 
push through the procrastination, push through me being upset, but yet I have to focus on something that makes me happy again and get in my zone again and not sit there too long and be upset at the world or things when they're not working or when you're in a, you know, a project and it's just, it's just not working, you know, and you're just banging your head against the wall. It's time to reset, come at that project from a different angle. So come at today, it's Tuesday, from a different angle. Let's set up for success. Let's deliver on these promises to ourselves. Let's commit. And man, get in the newsletter, (laughs) okay? A lot of you guys have already signed up. I want to see more of you flooding in because I want to keep you posted on some really cool stuff. And I'm excited to hear some feedback already. People who are like jumping in like on training courses and doing stuff. And I'm like, We haven't really begun 100%, but let's go with it. So that's cool because I'm learning a lot from a lot of you that are, you know, sharing with me what content you're putting out there or what you're going to get into. You know, a lady over here is getting into making cupcakes and and I'm thinking, well, that's isn't that a flooded market? But I'm like, why not? She's doing it. She's probably thinking, look, there's so many people making cupcakes in my area that I'm like, I'm going to make my own cupcakes and they're going to be freaking amazing. And and she tackled that and I'm telling you she's going to be so successful at it because she's driven and she's not she doesn't care about the competition. We can all work together. So, yes. All right, guys. I'm going to wrap up the podcast. Thank you for tuning in. This is the Zebulon Thomas podcast. Thank you so much. Stay sure stay tuned and follow. Have a great wonderful Tuesday.